what is up folks happy sunday morning here we've got we had a crazy week of pro wrestling so we had to bring the crew together before in between pay-per-view i mean huge events coming up in two weeks too like we're building up to a crazy weekend so got the squad together jake micah as always with maniac slick l mike partham and the newest member of wrestling with emotion Troy LaCastro, Troy, cut your cut your 30-second promo. This is your TV time, baby. Yeah, boys, how we doing? We're coming up on a big week here. Obviously, the year anniversary of CM Punk showing up in AEW. So, you know, I wanted to go back and feel nostalgia here. Obviously, it's church. It's the Lord's Day. In my Sunday best, my Jeff Jarrett all-over print T-shirt. Had to make an impact right away, no pun intended, by one of the third companies that nobody pays attention to. But here we are. I'm ready to talk with you guys. Super excited. Thanks for letting me into the stable. And let's get to it. That's right. That was, that was electric. The faction just got deeper. That. We did. We did. Did you take anybody out on the Did you like hit somebody with a chair? Anybody you're looking at? I guess we'll find out. Troy might be in here for some for some reasons we know beyond. Like he might have a steel chair. A good magician doesn't tell you his tricks just yet. You know? Oh, <laughs> Troy joining feels like Bret Hart joining the NWO, but in a good way. In a good way. Are you sure? Because NWO 2000 was something that everybody no. hates. So let's hope that's, that's what I'm saying. Not... In a good way. In a good All right. way. All right, you got more optimism. <laughs> well, he does have a Jeff Jarrett shirt on, so it's very appropriate. True. Mm. Coming Ain't I great? I guess that's what I got to say. Ain't I great? <laughs> well no, they're said. coming to get me now. Don't worry about that. Sorry oh, jeez. Yeah, you're gonna be joining uh, Ronda Rousey in the cell. Oh, yo, that was. I, I see. That's is that something we would ever would have seen in the last six months? The show starting like that. I don't know. The shows seem to always start with little, just a touch of chaos, or maybe just, just end a with a little bit. bit of it. Triple H did love his chaotic NXTs. He really did. That parking He's, lot was yeah. one to one to be afraid of. You, you it still is. Last time I checked, there. would have never is. wanted to walk through there by myself. I'll oh my god. He's we definitely still, ramped up the brawls like times ten. Um, let's get in. All right, let's just get into it. What we always start the show with? What's your favorite storyline in wrestling right now? Oh. And there's so many to choose from: real, fake, whatever storyline, real life, whatever you want to do. Maniac, start with you, buddy, and we'll go around here. Oh, Maniac's out. <laughs> Never mind. I'm back. There I'm he is. Back. He's back. Something's We're going on with audio. You, I, I gotta leave. I, I'm getting taken out like Sami Zayn. <laughs> All right, Slick. What's what's your favorite thing going on right now? I guess I'm just gonna address the obvious and go CM Punk, John Moxley. I think this has potential to be the biggest match we've ever seen in AEW. I feel like I say that quite often, like <laughs> yeah, maybe monthly, every, every week, right? <laughs> yeah, but I this this one's hype. You know, I've. As someone who kind of fell out of the WWE spell when Mox was really doing his thing over there, didn't really get to appreciate him as much then. Love his run as interim champion. Um, the blood doesn't bother me. I think it's sick. I think it fits the character. John Moxley, you know, he's badass. He's violent. Um, and CM Punk, we all know how CM Punk can get. Um, and that is kind of playing into... Uh, we'll get into it, but the uh, dirt sheets at the moment as well. I'm also, ex I guess, 
those two are how I characterize the storyline, but I'm interested to see what else could play into this potential hangman page beef. And um, there's a certain guy by the name of Maxwell that's been missing for months. So that'll be interesting. Maybe, you know, surprise appearance in Chicago wouldn't be uh, that would be a pretty big way to bring a heel of that caliber back. So I got to go with CM Punk and Moxley, which is the obvious choice, but it has to be said. What about you, Troy? Anything to jump in on there? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be honest, it's been a busy week, so I haven't really been able to catch up as much as I'd like to, but I will say that I did watch the Punk and Moxley segment that led off the show on Wednesday, and I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, you know, I, I know these guys behind the scenes, obviously, ton of respect for each other, but the, the stuff that they were saying each other and, you know, letting each other get away with, I was like, that was, that was some pretty good content, right? Uh, so that's an obvious thing for me, I would say, but also too, I feel like we got to talk a little bit about maybe McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Why you're probably wondering why, why am I interested? But my thing is, is what we're coming up. When's clash at the castle early September. It's Uh, the day before all out. Which obviously that's an H thing too. I mean, I know that was, that was predetermined before H was in charge. But I remember when he used to run NXTs, you know, the, yep. the same day as uh, or same day or right before AEW shows. But for me, you know, first time back having a pay-per-view in, in the UK in a long time, I think at least for the main roster. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can do to build up this storyline and see how they can deliver. Because I know the sold out, I'm sure it's going to have big numbers in terms of streaming. So I think oh, there's yeah. a lot of, I don't want to say pressure, but... The fans are like, all right, this is his first pay-per-view in charge as the head of creative. What can he deliver? And obviously, that's probably going to be your main event right there is McIntyre and Reigns. So, something to keep an eye on. Well said. I, I'm Friday was a pretty good pretty good kickoff. I mean, they, not kickoff to the feud because they've been going on, but definitely the hottest segment they had. I mean, just the – what's sort of the difference – in everything rain's walking out alone and like even though sammy's involved in that segment and everything like that's an image we haven't seen a lot at all when vince yeah. was running it it was always with paul walking in or with the or with the uso something like right giving roman a chance to come out and do stuff on his own and it just i don't know it had a different feel to it canada was hot on friday too montreal they were in right montreal hot. was an awesome and i mean awesome up north, crowd. Up north is always great crowds and you got to think, you know, I know McIntyre, that promo that he cut on Monday, I'm sure we'll get into that, but just absolutely electric. And he's dropping, he's dropping phrases and stuff that people are going <laughs> crazy over. Right. So I, I think that's, you know, a little bit to it too. And, you know, does, does Drew get put over in the UK? You know, that's obviously a, I think it's a plausible thing. I don't think it's too far fetched. So uh, might be something interesting to watch in the coming weeks before Clash of the Castle. Yeah, it's going to be fun. What about you, Mike? Hmm. I mean, we'll get into the punk mocks and other people involved in uh, news going on this week uh, things. Uh, certainly, there's intrigue about how Triple H's first uh, full-on build to a pay-per-view is going to go. But for me, I think it's finally getting uh, the elite civil war that we've been mm. dying to see for the last three months or so because of injuries on one side or the other of the Mason-Dixon line there that's being drawn, whether it's... Uh, 
Adam Cole's still not cleared. Kyle O'Reilly's still not cleared. Uh, the Bucks had a little bit of a stinger during one of their tag matches. Uh, Kenny, of course, has been uh, trying to come back for months and months now. Couldn't make it to Forbidden Door. So finally getting all of them on screen and finally getting the battle lines being drawn. And I think Kenny is, you know, not 100%, but I think that's what he wants. I think he's going to try and play that out a little bit. If I'm not mistaken, I heard uh, Kota Ibushi, his old uh, tag team partner from uh, New Japan, uh, did something similar when he came back from an injury. He played it mm. up for a whole year about whether he still had it or not. And I think Kenny still has it, and maybe there'll be a legit botch here or two. I think we saw we, he was doing that little somersault uh, tumble move or whatever, and he's kind of like, eh, whatever, and he tagged in one of the bucks. But uh, but then you see him working in the match like he's trying to run the ropes, and he's sort of feigning a knee injury, knee injury or whatever. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a combination work shoot. Uh, you know, he's not quite all there yet, but they're gonna they're gonna dwell on that. They're gonna draw on that so to speak as they go through the six-man tag which of course tony kept saying you know i'm not gonna do the six the trios championships until kenny get kenny gets back and that's played out exactly as we have seen it yeah. uh but now how the promo is gonna go when kenny and uh, adam cole are gonna face off for the first time and you know basically sure. get out get out all the dirty laundry that's been festering for this uh time since uh, kenny's been out and that last little uh, segment after Kenny lost the title where Adam Cole was thinking he was going to be in charge, but no, Kenny's leaving the Bucks in charge. And does the Bucks sort of, you know, giving the little nod to Hangman during that title match play into this somehow? Because Kenny said he hasn't watched the match back. But he was, but there was one little uh, BTE segment where Kenny's kind of hanging out and, uh, you know, helping with the AEW game or whatever. But he mentions, you know, how's Adam doing? Uh, Cole? No, Hanger. Yeah, don't get me started with Cole. Something he said something to that effect on a very quick BTE segment yeah. uh, in the last few months. So there's a lot of uh, layers to this, to, to the elite, to the undisputed uh, guys, whatever you want to call them now. Uh, and that's been building for a while, and we've seen that coming for a while. And because of injuries, it just hasn't been able to play out this past summer, uh, among other injuries, which have kept other storylines from happening. But I think finally getting the elite to finally, you know, come to blows both over or in the on the microphones and in the ring is going to be something to see did you watch the uh all six the six minute promo from kenny oh yeah after, after, on uh, YouTube, after the, match, the whole yeah. thing yeah he i what you said is, um talking about him feigning and maybe working through this on tv whatever that's going to mean whatever works you type of thing he did he mentioned something very interesting that he said listen to the fans he's like i'm not going to be nice to you next week that's for sure he's like got he likes and mentioned something to the effect of i hope this doesn't air or something like that so it seems like he's going to come at it where like with the intent of i'm hurt and i'm coming back because these fans like are demanding me to come back and he resents them somehow for that and that seems like kenny omega just mm. he's so great at doing shit like that and imagine what don Callis is gonna get into with that too oh. i was really shocked to see oh, that yeah. man come out even like i what like for some reason it was like jarring because i wasn't expecting it i know maniac i know you were so excited to see the invisible hand there don Callis come out maniacs don Callis. <laughs> it was actually to be honest it was one of those things where it was just like you said i was so excited for <laughs> omega that he came out and i was like holy shit Callis is back <laughs> And, then, and yeah, right when he gets on the mic with uh, commentary. I mean, he clearly has a lot of strengths there. Super excited about that. I mean, my favorite thing going on right now, just to put a, a button on this. I mean, wrestling is hot. 
After yeah. Monday, you had all the clips of McIntyre and Owens flying around. I don't care if it was just about, you know, him referring to wrestlers, wrestling ring, yada, yada. That's something that hasn't been done in WWE in a long time. Then after Wednesday, you had all the talk, you know, punk, you know, the elite, the bull, you know, everything like that uh, from AEW coming out the next day, Triple H, punk, all the videos coming out that Thursday. But then Friday, Montreal, Quebec, Sami Zayn steals the show. He got a 10-minute backstage segment with Roman. Well, not 10 minute, but like it was like seven minutes for him that was to be one of the best, with Roman. That was one of the best WWE backstage segments I've seen in so long. Dude, so Roman's long. Roman's facials were selling it so hard. He's like, he's like, you're right, Jay isn't pulling his shit. Like, I give Roman credit. Roman, now that they've fully unleashed him, it's a completely different Roman Reigns than from like 2014, 2018, 2019. So yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, Zayn was playing off him perfectly. The reaction he got for the match, all the false finishes for Zayn and everything. I just love where that's at. So that's my favorite storyline because I've been waiting to play off it. But wrestling is just so hot. And the fact that we're talking about all these things the next day, great spot for these two companies to be in. And the one subtle thing that they did in that segment too is all they had to do was to bring Kevin Owens into the fold is have Roman ask one question. He's literally like, how have you talked to Kevin Owens lately? And Sammy was like, I don't I don't know, maybe not really, not that much. He's like, I don't like him. And now we have another thread that you can go down, which is clearly coming with this Sammy thing. But whatever is happening with the Sammy and the bloodline is going to come to fruition soon. And it's after a segment like that, how could you not be excited about whatever they're gonna try to put together with the help of Heyman and everything else? Yeah. I like the idea of putting it on the back burner and doing a similar thing that he did with like Jimmy and Jay. Where, where he faces mm-hmm. like KO in like a hell in a cell or something and just like absolutely like kills him to the point where Sammy could like kind of turn on Roman and actually like help out KO, but he doesn't because he's kind of broken and maybe leads to something bigger. Yeah. A lot of, lot of possibilities there. All right. Let's, we're going to get into our favorite stuff and what Triple H has been doing, but we got to talk about, we got to talk about CM Punk, which is, you know what? All credit, whatever opinions that we're all going to have here, all credit to this man. He came back to TV for literally one week and not, and then took back over like the discourse in the wrestling world again, doing exactly what he always, I mean, this is like, regardless of what is true and what is not with this. So I guess lay, lay a little bit of background. We all heard, if you watched AEW Dynamite Wednesday, you heard the very, very fiery promos. Didn't it sound like Mox was like a little bit more juiced up too? Like that's what I could tell something was like going on. Cause he was like, he's usually pretty calm and like doesn't, doesn't yell on the mic. Like he's good, good mic presence and everything. He was like a little bit more excited, a little bit in there. Tense time throughout the show. I thought they did a great job building the segment, like keeping it show long, having Mox take over. I don't know about you guys, but I literally said out loud to myself when Tony Nese started entering, like, oh my God, they're having Tony Nese on this show. Like after, like we just watched and Tony Nese is coming out. Like what the fuck is going on here? And then it was, and then Mox comes out. I was like, oh, thank God. Like I texted my brother in that like 10 seconds because I was so appalled by that. But I thought it was hot. And then you hear the stuff coming out the next day because CM Punk mentions Hangman Page at the beginning, calls him a coward or coward shit instead of cowboy shit. I'm like, damn, like, what is that? Like, that's so random. Like, oh, maybe they're building to the match. Maybe that's another thread that was supposed to happen the last two months. Because we don't know what the story was going to be for the last two months, right? But we have to imagine if Punk started off with this kind of 
intensity right away slick don't we think that it was going to be something that was probably similar to some blurred lines work shoot shit that was going to come out anyways because if this is the rumors about the backstage drama and everything else it's only coming out because some sources in AEW are telling dave Meltzer and sean ross sap that so they're 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 letting us in on it to that point so slick i want to start with you here as our i think that our resident cm punk aficionado at this point in my life at least and to see what you thought and what you're you're going from here with this storyline and just any of the pieces page punk moxley whatever else cm punk said hold up wait a minute your career ain't shit unless you got some cm punk in it CM Punk, you got to keep in mind, his promos are the best when he goes off script, right? So hearing that that was part of that, it didn't surprise me. Hearing that there might be some reality to this, sure, it surprises me. I think Hanger's a very likable guy, big locker room guy for sure. But I think I've said this to you, Jake. Um, Work or not, I think CM Punk knows what he's doing in a way, and he lets the dirt sheets emphasize it Mm -hmm. to his advantage cm punk was saying you know like i like he even said on this show he's like i try to come out here with my tough guy look and like you guys just make me smile so fast i don't think there it's too long before we get like a bad guy cm punk again and they're he's using this upper hand to try and get the fans a little bit turning on him, maybe a 50-50. Like, obviously, it was pretty 50-50, the hanger punk match anyway, but yeah. they were both baby faces, let's, let's be quite honest. And not much punk can do ever since he came back to AEW is going to get these fans to turn on him. But calling out Hangman and calling him a coward, it's, it's a pretty good way <laughs> to start. Um, and... I just got to say, with these sources telling Dave Meltzer all this shit, you know, like, it's not the first time we've had, like, people backstage play along with the kayfabe and feed that to Dave Meltzer so that he tells everyone and everyone starts getting worked. Like, the MJF stuff right now, like, everyone has, it seems like everyone backstage has been told, if they bring up Maxwell Jacob Friedman, don't say a fucking word. But how convenient is it that this week is the week that Meltzer had the thing that, oh, MJF might be coming back soon, though. Like, we haven't right, had anything. Right. And he's like, it's, oh. <laughs> right. It's like, it's you. it's almost you. like they were told, like, oh, like, let's, let's get some other stuff fueling, some distractions so, going, get the heat on Punk, get Hanger back into the equation, what's going to happen with Mox, and then, bam, MJF out of the cut. That would be amazing. I'd... I'll believe it when I see it. Obviously, I think wrestling as a whole is better with MJF involved and at his best work. And it's just, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when we get that trilogy with Punk, obviously. That's true. Does it happen for the title? I think so. I've always thought so. Um, you know, that's like your Cena Punk moment in AEW. And, uh, but it's interesting because Tony Khan's got some, got to have something up his sleeve, because right now this week, uh, match next week, with Punk Mox on Dynamite, they just fired that right in there. What the hell is gonna happen there? I couldn't tell you. D- 
do I still feel like they do Punk versus Mox in some form at All Out? Yeah, whether it's involving Hangman, MJF as well, I don't know. But it'll be very interesting to see how these next two weeks play out going into All Out. But I'm not, as as a whole, I'm not buying in completely to all the CM Punk backstage beef. You know, partially that Instagram post I sent to our group chat last night of his caption, like the caption was funny, but in yeah. a way he was kind of like addressing what was going on. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, like my love for the, my love for wrestling still been reignited. Like this is the best decision I've ever made to come back yeah. to this company. So in a way he's saying like, yo, like there might be frustrations backstage, but like I'm good. Like I ain't leaving. Yeah. Like that that's some bullshit. Well yeah. Till the wheels fall off. Yeah. He's been, right. he's Till been the wheels about fall. that. Yes, exactly. And like, you know, CM Punk's a big CM Punk guy himself. <laughs> he is a mark for himself. Is CM he all... Punk is definitely a mark for himself. Is he is, gonna get a, get along like very well all the time with t- backstage talent? Absolutely not. And if if something that Hanger said pissed him off because Hanger was trying to cut a good promo, I wouldn't be surprised. But that's just what you got to do against the best in the world on the mic. So you got to fight fire with fire when you're cutting promos with CM Punk. So I'm not buying into all this completely, but I think it makes for great wrestling. And I think AEW has literally brought back kayfabe into the fans getting worked. Whether this is a work completely, I think there's some reality to it. But we're definitely getting. We don't know. We're it's beyond. It's beyond it at this point for us. Now that we have any information, we won't know where the line is anymore. Right, and it's not even like it's not even like if we were getting work completely. But the fact that AEW brings back this element to the fan base, where it's like, oh, is this real? Is it not? Like. You know, like WWE five years ago, you'd never be asking that question. You'd be like, oh, this is <laughs> that's total right. bullshit. Like, I don't believe anything that's going on. But we all, we're all wondering. We're on this show talking about it. So makes for great wrestling content. And uh, like I said, I'm really excited to see how these next two weeks play out. Ernie Green with the late run in. Ernie, good morning, sir. Maniac, I wanted to ask you, what do you think is going to happen with this match why like match up to next week like what did what was your first impression when you saw that that was going to be happening Uh, i like it it's a swerve uh at worst case i mean it's a way for mox and punk to get some ring work in uh and get you know those reps in as crazy as that sounds something that wwe typically takes care of at house shows uh but with that said yeah i'm loving uh this whole angle i mean i think there's definitely a degree of truth to everything going on i think there's a little bit of a diva attitude insecurity thing from punk going on if you know anything from his future i think mox is pretty pissed about it i think page is just doing his thing in the back uh in the backstage area at catering with uh you know so uh i I think it's all playing it and i think the thing that surprised me the most because you hear a lot of rumors about punk but the one that mox flung at him and Punk even kind of like talked about himself was that he needed some money. Punk went, Punk went when Mox yeah. called Punk out about not wanting to be here. It, the, fir- the first thing that Punk said wasn't, I love wrestling. It wasn't, 
I love the fans and I miss them. It was the money, the payday. Yeah. And that even got cited by Punk himself. So that was very, very telling to me whether they're trying to work that into the storyline or not. But that's something they definitely want to focus on. And that was the biggest thing of the whole, you know, AEW, whether you're talking about the Omega situation and playing up the injuries, everything, they are really multiplying the degrees of this of this storytelling. And again, in the Punk, Mox, Hangman uh, area right now, it's, it's awesome to see. Well, the one thing... I mean, this is going to be a theme I was going to bring up later too. And the, but you just mentioning the levels of the storytelling and everything else is they've never AEW since its inception has never had to deal with a hot WWE really like at all. They mm. felt they dealt with a falling WWE and a product that was everybody was turning on as it as it was going on, and everybody wanted the alternative everything. Like this is the first time where there's been genuine interest, and we've seen Tony's back like. Tony, I mean, Tony Khan said it. This is not even speculating. He said it out in the media. He's like, I'm much more interested in their product with with the new guy at the helm. Like, he won't ever say their names, obviously. But he's like, I watch it every week, and their product's better, so I have to be better. Like, he sees that shit. Um, so at the end of six, at the end of Succession two, uh, <laughs> Brian Cox's character watches his son finally turn on him after being a patsy for the whole season. Finally turns on him. And he doesn't get angry. He doesn't get frustrated. He just gets a little wry smile. And I think that's what Tony Khan has seen a, 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 the competition from WWE recently. Yeah. What What is your best case scenario out of this, Troy? What do you hope happens the most for all for this week at the at Dynamite, but also heading into their biggest pay per view? Because, bro, like I've never. This is like we don't know anything on this pay per view yet. We're two weeks out still. Well, I'm sitting here trying to unpack everything you guys said because that was a lot right there. So I'm like all <laughs> scatterbrained. So I feel like there's just a few points. You know, one, before we went on, we were talking about Hangman not necessarily liking these quote-unquote old champions. I got to be honest, I don't blame the guy, you know, because I stand by this and I'll always say this. I like Tony Khan, don't get me wrong, but I think he's just a huge effing mark with money. Okay? That's that's my biggest thing about Tony Khan because MJF's point exactly. Right. He's I, a, I, someone said know, he's like he's the cool he's the cool boss. And sometimes the cool boss, like at a point you're like, Oh man, like what are we well, doing right. here? He's trying to he's trying to please everybody, and you gotta mm -hmm. wonder if sometimes he's making i don't want to call them false promises but is he telling guys like yeah yeah you'll get a push or we're going to do this with you we're going to do that with you and then it just doesn't end up coming to fruition or you know the guys are just it leaves a bad taste in their mouth and they're already done with him by the time it gets around to actually getting this push or opportunity um but i don't blame hangman because i i talk about this all the time how i think con has to be careful that he doesn't turn into wcw that's exactly what WCW did. All these ex-WWF guys who wanted more money or the contracts were expiring, you know, Bischoff signed them all. And I feel like that's kind of what Khan's doing. It's becoming very crowded at the top. And, I mean, this is – I'm not going to try to go off on too much of a tangent because I feel like that's a whole other question, you know, a whole other thing we could <laughs> yeah, talk different. about in terms of yeah. Ricky Stark, Starby Allen, guys like that. Um but, you know, Hangman Page, listen, love the guy, love his work. Not really a memorable title run, so I think it was time for somebody to take it off of him. Yeah. And obviously, I think Punk made the most sense at that point. Um, and not to dwell on the 90s, but I think I, I saw a tweet that I think makes a very good point in terms of the 
backstage heat portion of this discussion and the the controversy and guys not liking each other whatever they did this shit in the 90s the 90s was the same way not everybody was getting along it wasn't all rainbows and roses no in, in both companies these guys were competing with each other to try to get that top spot like obviously there was a lot of mutual respect but it wasn't like guys were you know going out to the bar with each other you know you didn't see rock and austin probably weren't going to the bar having a with each other you know so i think it's a i mean it probably is a work there's probably some validity to it right there probably is but who cares that's what makes good product you know you need that contra- controversy controversy creates cash i think bischoff said that like that's the name of his freaking book or something yeah so i like to me it just it just makes sense i'm all for it because you know what if there is backstage heat and there is controversy guess what that's creating these great promos and these great segments like we've seen this past week uh you know with punk name dropping hangman great i don't care do it i hope i hope hangman comes out next week and you know he has a rebuttal for him or or, or something you know what i mean but um yeah i just that would be a good shirt you know but punk you know i think i'd like to see the mjf thing too uh you know i think it only makes sense but i think my other point as i try to regain my thought process here after going crazy is like you said AEW. they've never had a competitive wwe so in my opinion tony khan had the ball and he should have been running with it and he should have had great numbers and all that now i feel like he's probably shitting himself a little bit now that h is in at the helm and now he has to step his game up you know i feel like he almost got lazy or almost complacent where he's like oh well i don't really have comp competition right now necessarily you know wwe is its own it's its own entity and it's in its own you know class but Khan was probably just like oh well i'll win wednesday nights you know i'll, I'll have the, the viewership there and merch and tickets and that well now i hope he's scared and i hope this creates a better product i hope he actually tries and gives people the spot that they deserve and i think h is really good at making new stars or taking guys from the indies and really letting them hone in on their craft and making them a big deal. yeah and look who the i mean look at the spotlight he's given so far too for Chomp. triple h i mean yeah champa already we we saw him uh you know a couple other guys so i think khan's really got to step his game up but he there's a nice base right here right now with the whole intrigue around the moxley punk and hangman you know he, he's got a base we just got to see if he can build on it and he doesn't drop the ball the proverbial ball that we were just talking about that he had so uh it'll be interesting going into all out i i was interested on the rush in the title match being next week yeah are we really but that that's my thing are we going to run into something where are we really going to get that again at all out i really hope not you know and the, but the the one thing i'm worried about with them doing it up if there is some actual drama going on like there's in my mind if there's any if there is tension whatever there's three there's three people who are three groups of people i guess but three people who probably have the most pull in tony khan's ear if it's wrestling wrestlers directly reaching out to him it's cm punk it's some combination of moxley danielson and it's the elite like those and these are the three people that are now involved all in this 
storyline or whatever it is. And they're all probably people that have the most influence over their own storylines and have the most of his ear. So I'm oh, yeah. sure everything you said there about him, like, you know, not, not maybe not lying to people, but false promises or just, just, you know, spreading himself too thin. Okay. None of them, none of them are full Hogan's, but they are all half Hogan's. Yes. The the Bucks the, I will the Bucks favorite wrestler of all time is Hulk Hogan like let's we, we always have to remember cool. like they they love this NWO shit more than like more than people realize and the Bucks if, tried to get the Bucks tried to get Hogan to tag with them in a trios match at Wrestle Kingdom but they said he was too expensive but imagine that alternate universe would have been would have been great this week you guys said Hogan always goes over. So who is the Hogan here? Is it gonna is if because if you say Punk is your guy, then you have to deal as Triple H said a couple where it wasn't Triple H, but it was anonymous WWE source, and it was like let him be their headache now. That's a Triple yeah. H comment, hundred percent. And you have to deal with the good and the bad. And this has been good. It's good we're talking about this discourse, but there's been a lot of people that are like, I don't want to do this shit again with this guy too. Right. So who are they picking as it is? Because I it was Kenny. Then I think Hangman too, and Mike, I want you to touch on this. I think with the Hangman, like his title run and everything, we remember it as whatever. Like people are like, oh, it was kind of disappointing and everything else. But it also is just the worst timing in the world because it was also he had to help make Brian Danielson and Adam Cole in the company while also being champion. Like that's like a that's a hard twofold to pull. And I mean Danielson does not not that Danielson need to be made. But we don't remember, like, we remember that hour-long match with Paige because it was with Danielson, not because it was a Paige title match. You know what I mean? Like, he got overshadowed by all the newness and then was still involved with all that newness. Um, so do you think this is a chance to get him back up to the prominence that they were at a year ago? Like, do you think that there's a chance he gets thrown into this? Or maybe he was always supposed to be a part of it. Honestly, I don't know what to think. I'm supposed to come on here and have insight for you guys. I'm supposed to have answers. I'm supposed to have a sense of history. I don't know what to think. I mean, let's go Let's go back to what is starting all this reportedly, supposedly, the punk cult tension. And the, the only thing we've heard so far, as far as a report, was punk and cult were amicable. They weren't, you know, they don't get along anymore, but they were, they were keeping their distance from each other, more or less. Um, and then the reports come out, okay, Tony was possibly thinking about cutting Colt, but a lot of people went to bed for him, and now he's been designated for this new ROH property that they have, which has yet to really uh, get going. We've seen uh, Colt Cabana in like a, a pre-pay-per-view match for uh, Ring of Honor shows. Uh, and then supposedly Hangman sort of alluded to that sort of tension in one of his promos. And then of course told punk to his face, I'm defending all elite wrestling from you, not just the title. And was that something that sort of rubbed punk the wrong way and what he was demanding an apology for, so to speak, when he went out there and supposedly went into business for himself. And I don't, it's, I think it's too idealistic for us to sit here and say, well, all these reports about backstage drama coming out, they just have to be part of the big story. And Tony's probably just this uh, wrestling historian who's going into the Vince Russo well of work shoots and just trying to create a new KFAB. Or maybe the drama is actually real because Meltz and both SRS have double confirmed it, and they don't go out of their way to 
support something unless it's like real real and not just kfab that's you want us to believe. that's the thing dave wouldn't just be unless if dave Meltzer didn't believe that something was going on he really wouldn't put it that's the one thing is like you can believe you it's one thing to believe the sources of dave Meltzer and everything else but dave Meltzer isn't just writing stuff as like shock and awe like he's putting it in there because he thinks there's some credence to it that's how he's and i think even more so for uh, sean ross sap because I think he's just a little level above credibility for Meltzer. Because a lot yeah. of people, some present company included, might have soured on Meltzer. And I can see at times why that might Bro, be. The Observer but, is $14. What is it, $13 a month? That I'm man, not, like, I can't even, yeah. like, I've looked it up. It's just crazy to me that, like, he has built that kind of thing off of that. And that's why, like, yeah. it's just not, that's a, a quick aside. Though. Sean's still only charging, like, $5 for the basic info. But yeah, that aside. Uh Obviously, a little backstage tension is fine as long as you can do business with it and everybody's professional and everybody has a sense of what you're going to say before you go out there. I mean, let's go back to 97. Let's go back to HBK and Bret Hart. Let's go back to HBK implying with the phrase, Bret is having some sunny days, implying that he's having an affair with freaking Sunny while he's a married man. And Bret didn't take too kindly to that legitimately. But no, of course, right. the, but, uh, you fast forward to Montreal, by the way, that's the reason why Montreal is such a crazed crowd. They've been a marked crowd ever since uh, the curtain got pulled back on them right in front of their faces in 97. And they've just been, you know, very hip to a lot of things and very intense about their uh, vocalizing what they like and what they don't like. But He's anyway, daddy, uh, Montreal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think it was uh, the dark side of the ring where Brett detailed how, okay, he's going to WCW. He wants to drop the belt. It's going to be Deshaun, and he tries to go to Sean and say, okay, let's just work through this, and I just want you to know that I'm going to take care of you, and we're going to try and have a good, safe match. And HBK, of course, just snarks at him and just, well, thanks a lot, but I'm not going to do the same for you. And that's the point where Brett just sort of in his mind snapped and said, you know what, I'm not playing ball with these guys. I'm just going to let – I'm not going to drop the title to this SOB in my home country. I'm just going to come out and have a – DQ finished, and the next night handed the championship off, and obviously Vince didn't want to let him do that. He was more afraid of Bischoff than he was of Brett, but regardless, he wanted that title off of him by the end of Survivor Series, and then we saw it all play out. Uh, and I think that's might have been something that set Punk off in the same sense, and of course we haven't heard from him because of the long injury recovery, and he's just been having that in his back pocket, wanting to uh, throw it back in Hangman's face and do it on live television and do it unscripted, you know, is it I, I, like like I said? I don't I don't think they're going to go out of their way. I don't think even Tony, the biggest mark out of us all, is going to go out of his way to try and feed the dirt sheets. You know what we want to hear, or what or things that we he wants us to think and you know believe about backstage drama just to hype up things that are going on on television because we we're hearing you know there really isn't a program for Hangman at all out, much less being involved in the title picture, and. Uh, it seems the reports are that the Punk and Mox uh, match this coming week is going to be is more or less a hot shot. It's not what was planned out from the beginning, and it's still penciled in for All Out. So what are we to think? Are we to think that MJF is going to come back for this show? Is MJF going to come back for All Out? I've heard people speculate. You know, Punk is still a little bit hurt, and they can't do a full on match at All Out. Well, that doesn't make sense to me because then why the heck would they do a match two weeks earlier? Yeah, that doesn't and, make any sense. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> I think you're having a little tough time, Bartham. I think you're 93% of the way there, and I can see it on your face. 
You're having a tough time because you're such a punk, Mark. Yeah, yeah. The, he's the biggest problem Flick. in all of this. Flick. He's Flick. liable. He's liable on Jake. a king's notice to decide Jake. that he's Jake. gonna take Jake. his Jake. bag and yes. go. Flick's the punk, Mark. Who's the punk, Mark now? That's true. Huh? That's oh. true. I'm the punk, Mark around this, this is parts. this the middle. Uh, the who's middle the biggest run. punk, Mark on this panel? The middle and column is just punk and that's why I'm having a little here. bit of a tough time with this because you know for all the ways that punk can rub people rub people the wrong way, it's because he gives a damn. It like like he it, that was a shoot when he was in the ring with Vince doing the little uh, contract negotiation segment all the way back then. Vince's problem is he doesn't give a damn, and Punk's problem is he gives a damn too much. Yeah, and he comes back and he says, "I'm doing this not. To, I'm doing it for me, and I'm here for you, but I'm also here for the locker room." He he laid out all the reasons that he's here, and he's not hiding from the fact that yeah, he's back for him too. But he said in interviews, you know, everybody's anticipating, oh, when's Punk going to turn heel? When's Punk going to turn heel? Because Punk's such a great heel. Punk says, well, I'm going to try being a good guy for once and trying to, you know, has such a connection with the fans and he doesn't want to lose that. So why would he go out of his way to, you know, rub people the wrong way and rub the fans the wrong way, wrong way and rub, rub Hangman the wrong way? It, I mean, I don't want to believe he's... There, any, Reddit, in any way, a, a Hogan who's basically saying, "I'm not losing to that guy. I'm not doing business with that guy, brother. We're not. That don't work for me, and all that stuff." <laughs> I don't want to believe that Triple H was right all those years ago, and I think Punk was equally right about Triple H because we all know the Reign of Terror and all that stuff. We don't need to go into that. Yeah, he's been positioned or positioned himself though, mostly again besides the MJF feud, which got people like understanding mjf a little bit more humanizing him in a way that no one else did in any other kind of feuds he's been against all the biggest baby faces in the company so far i mean really like when you go to an eddie kingston obviously a moxley right now darby allen to start off with so has he just kind of been <laughs> has he just been <laughs> like it, he could in storyline there's a lot of arguments to be made that he's been the heel and all these things but no one's gonna boo him so it doesn't like it's the crowd reaction doesn't give it off. It's not like he's minced. This week was the most egregious of it, obviously. Like this is the most this is the most aggressive it's been. But he hasn't minced words a lot of times with any of these guys. Um, I, I don't know. It's just the one thing I do think about about Punk in general going into this right now is that he's he's not. He, he was going to do whatever storyline he wanted to do and, and try to get back up to that pace. Like, he knew that he had some momentum and was probably – I can't, I would love to have known what they had planned for the last two months to build up to this kind of intensity. And I really think that they had – they knew it was his first week. They had a couple weeks to all out, and they needed some urgency. And he was just like, fuck it, I'm going to do something to get some urgency going, get, get some shit back behind me because everybody was like – you know, just the momentum had stalled just a little bit naturally just from that. The one thing, though, that's interesting, if you want to look storyline wise and if, it, if he is just doing his own little thing here, they're in Cleveland next week, which is the city that he didn't show up to. It was the yeah, and, and didn't, didn't come to that. Ernie, Work. do you think that he what if what if this title match just doesn't happen and he's he's hitting his his marks here? And doesn't show up to Cleveland again. I wouldn't blame him. I mean, they're well, not showing up to Cleveland. But. Well, they've yeah, already I been in Cleveland, and he he's already made reference to it. He says mm -hmm. he, I owed Cleveland one, so we called out MJF at the time. So um, yeah, I wouldn't. I would never go to Cleveland unless I was being paid. <laughs> um, second, second off, so for for um, for just for accuracy, turn for so, Ernie Green. For um, he for, I mean, I I can care less if people in Cleveland like me. They can yeah. 
I mean, first, first Whoa, off, I, I, okay, just 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 in case I haven't been clear clear enough here, every single Cleveland Browns fan can go fuck themselves for supporting the rapist. Okay, okay. every every they Cleveland Browns fan that's still one. Okay, yes, every yes. yeah, exactly. They can all screw themselves. In case you're wondering how I really felt about things, for accuracy's sake, Punk did show up to Cleveland in WWE in 2014. He just walked out loud. Yes. He had a meeting yeah. with Vince and uh, Triple H. He talked about that in the Colt Cabana podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, CM Punk, one thing about CM Punk is everything that he does is going to end, end badly. So the, the <laughs> AEW blowing up and him walking out was just a matter of when, not if. I'm not saying he's close to that, but that's how it's going to end. It's not going to end amicably. It's true. That is not how CM Punk operates. The dude, like Hartman said, he does care too much sometimes, and that causes – a lot of friction and that you know it causes him to get causes him to get emotional and at some point he's gonna walk out. I hope that this match on Wednesday is a one-on-one match where there's a winner and sets up all out and not a schmaz they set up they set up some stupid gimmick match for the sole purpose that um John Moxley can bleed for absolutely no reason like he has the past ten times he's wrestled because I think that's gotten redundant and stupid. Um hangman page one thing about um Tony Khan talked about early on when Moxley won the belt the first time that, oh, I have the first five or six champions already picked out. And Hangman Page was absolutely in that mix. And, I'm, you know, that was before they knew they were going to sign CF Punk. So I can see why Hangman Page it could have some bitterness at Punk at Tony Khan and whatnot because it probably undercut the run that he was told he was going to get when he started. Because in 2019, like the very first pay-per-view, they did every single thing they could, they could to make Hangman, Hangman Page look like the future of the company. Yeah. He won the I mean, battle royale. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, had like, he had the first they, title match. He had the first title match. They did everything they could to make him look good. And now, I mean, he's kind of an afterthought. And because they have Moxley, because they have, you know, they brought in so many WWE guys, which, by the way, Tony Khan said he wasn't going to do. So I could see why there is a lot of bitterness if, if Hangman Page has bitterness. But – is drama and backstage with CM Punk. That's like saying the sun's coming out tomorrow. I mean, he's always, I mean, that's just going to be, it's just going to be like, you know, you know, like a God apple pie and CM Punk being pissed off about something. I mean, that guy's pissed off. Even what thing, I mean, he's one of those guys, in my opinion, where like, he's not happy unless he's unhappy. Well, he's got to be, he's got to be pissed off at something. Just let's remember, he was, we know him being pissed off from WWE and how many people since Punk left have come out of WWE being pissed off, bitter, or resentful. And yeah, the reports it, it, are they're difficult to work with when in reality, Vince is just throwing bullshit at him and they're just not having it. But I'm just, he's just that person. He's just a guy. He's, I mean, people have talked about Punk and Independence where he's ornery and like he would slap a promoter the first time he met him to see what he'd do. He just, uh, I like CM Punk. He's one of my top. Probably ten favorite wrestlers of all time. That. He's a strange cat, though. I mean, let's let's be one hundred percent honest. But in terms of, I mean, I I think this has all been built up honestly because there's not much else going on. To be honest with you, we we why why are we not talking about all out instead of talking about this? There's no well, freaking matches. We don't even know. There's what no plan for all out. Exactly. There's no plan yet. Yeah. The reason why we're talking about this <laughs> is because we can't talk about all out. What's what's there to talk about? So I mean, it's just you know, it, backstage politics and wrestling. And people pissed off at the promoter. I mean, that goes back probably to George Hackenschmidt and Moose Fez and all those, you know, hmm. all those random wrestlers I could name from the 30s and 40s. So it, it, it is what it is. We just have access to it now. And it gives us something to do while there's not much really going on in professional wrestling. Now that you say it out loud, is AEW low-key 
taking a page out of WWE's book for this uh, this all out promotion. I mean, it is a couple weeks before, and, but, and that's that's the the title match thing. If they do some stupid thing where it's you know, oh Moxley's gonna win this, and then Punk wins in Chicago, or vice versa. No matter how it mm-hmm. is, that's the most WWE thing they could possibly do is have two yeah. stars that they don't want to lose, so they just trade the titles and nothing happens. They've never done that before, though. Like Tony Khan has made a point to avoid those they, things so that's they, why i'm scared i'm very scared about wednesday well, they've done that recently with the tnt title but only because uh, cody leaving basically threw all the yeah, plans cody, out the window cody, cody threw a bomb in there that he and and they basically redid the whole thing with uh sammy and uh scorpio sky and then once that was over scorpio's injured so we got to get the title off him and now it's firmly on wardlow and hopefully he can carry it well the most like, WWE thing they could do Wednesday would have someone come in and make a DQ happen. That's the, that's, that's the rumor going around. And yeah. this is the first that you, we heard the report. That's the first we've heard of anything out of MJF, even from his supposed good buddy, Sean Ross Sapp, for this whole summer. It's yeah. been dead radio silence. Not The, the news is that there's when, no news. When 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 that match shows up on the on the show will be the most telling thing about it. If it's the first match of the night... Then I think something. Mm. I don't. I think something's, something's going on. Or well, at the end, how much time do they give it? Yeah, because at the end, like if it starts with like 17 minutes left in the show or something like that, doesn't feel like they're gonna do a world title match with an actual finish between those two. Like if those two are actually having a match, they need like 20 something minutes. They're just the way that yeah, they've told sure. these wrestlers lot stories since they've shown up. Um, they do it as the first match, and then. Omega comes out and he's like, I never got my rematch. They do that as the main event. And then at the end of that, by God, it's the fiend. <laughs> Yo, still holding out hope on that one. Huh? Still holding out hope on that one. Yo. Also, real quick. TNT on Wednesday. No, no, wait. It's, it's in Cleveland. If anybody's, if anybody's gonna make the surprise debut, it's Johnny Gargano, right? Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna keep saying that until I'm right one time, and he actually walks out. Every time each promotion is in Cleveland, I go, "Ah, we're gonna see Johnny Gargano tonight." And then there's gonna be one time he comes out. I go, "See, I told you." There That's what I've been doing with Britt. It's literally what I've been doing with Wyndham since like he got released. Been like, yeah. "Oh, this this is the one." <laughs> not not about well, to change the subject, but I think Gargano's gonna come back in time to do a WrestleMania match with Chiapa. That's just my opinion. Ooh, that'd be that'd smart. Be, that'd, that'd be, be good money. That's money. Wouldn't they pair up first as as a DIY? Wouldn't they pair up and like do a tag team run or when uh, Champa breaks off from uh, Miz? Maybe. I I just Champa loves the Miz though. Champa Champa has been he's been talking about how much he loves working with the Miz, respects him, all this other stuff. Like, hey, he's terrible. Yeah, they 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 could come back as DIY Martin. That would be. I mean, I love DIY, Mm -hmm. so that'd be fantastic. But I think. Eventually, they're going to have a WrestleMania match against each other. It, so is, that, it is weird to see Ciampo and Miz, even though he is saying all the right things and the characters like, the right things. It's like two puzzle pieces that don't fit, no matter what. Yeah, Ciampo's so, such a wrestler's yeah. wrestler. And then yeah. you get guys like Miz, reality star turned wrestler. And just, but, I mean, it's one of those things, probably the age-old opposites attract. So, you know what it I mean? Like, it doesn't make like, sense. During, that, during, the, during the Miz Brian talking smack segment, Ciampo would have been curb-stomping Miz. Oh, 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of returns, if we can segue, I believe, to what is our next topic, Jake, uh, a certain cleaner has entered the building again. (laughs) 
He's back. What, if, Mike? What was your favorite part? Was it was it Don Callis? Were you were you just thrilled to see Donnie there, or was it, it was Nakazawa? You know, it was fun? Justin oh, Roberts doing the opening. I, oh, I did not. Opening, I should yeah. have seen that coming. I I thought, how are they going to? What's the sequence? Are they going to turn out the lights? Is the music just going to hit? Are they going to have a new prelude uh, in there? They brought back one of the old ones, but it was just, oh, here, uh, Justin, here's your notes, and he just runs through it like Excalibur, you know, previewing Dynamite and the Rampage. It, it was it was just so perfect i mean everybody knew it was coming you didn't have to try to surprise the fans with like a shock pop or whatever so you just play right into it yeah put it i like that it was in the main event everything else like that i do think it is funny though like it that's why it's i think it's striking seeing kenny come out because you know he's one of the biggest stars in this company but right now we have like you know moxley and danielson blackpool combat club coming out together and they're looking like tough whatever and you've got, you know, just all these different groups of wrestlers that come out together that just look di- as a completely different look than Kenny walking out. And he's got Nakazawa with his headset on and Don Callis next to us. Like, he's straight. It's a little little different energy there. But it's like, it's what you missed about Kenny because it's Kenny. And Kenny's going to do shit that's completely different from everybody else every chance he gets. Um, How long does I, Don Callis stay with uh, Kenny now that supposedly the Bucks and are, you know, cool with Hangman well, and Kenny supposedly you're going to be more of the baby face type. How long does Don Callis stay by his side? Is there going to be a heard, to a resentfulness from what we've heard from Kenny so far though? He's that he's going ultra, he's going more into his heel. He's going to be pissed at the fans now and be more angry. He's getting in his bag. So he might be getting there. I've honestly thought this, if Hangman's going to be, if there's any storyline thread that they're trying to tell with all this CM Punk stuff and everything, it's that Hangman is going to be the one that turns and goes to the Bucks and Kenny being more, and being more evil to try to win the title again. Thank you, Jay. And just doing what Kenny did. I so mean, wait, does that mean the Elite are the heels now, or are the Undisputed guys the heels? Because they turn on the Bucks. Yeah, but the thing is that it doesn't matter. Like you can put them as heels; people are going to cheer in AEW no matter what. So they just let the guys do. Like I don't think that they have positioning as much as letting the guys present themselves and then going from there. You can have an yeah. undis- you could have a heel versus heel elite versus undisputed <clears throat> era, and people are going to still be chanting Adam Cole, Bebe, and the Elite the whole time, no matter what. Right, it's still going to be hot, and Kenny could be you know trying to cheat the whole time and everything else like i think that it's just a different way that they present it or anything anything like that i don't know i just don't i don't know what else happens with the hangman thing unless they're they're splitting away from kenny in a way and i don't think that's going to happen either i don't think hangman hangman turns heel it's not in his nature it's not in the character that they present so far oh they not the one they presented so far but before he came to aew he was sure literally had a noose coming out to the ring was trying to kill people so there is a there is a side to it that we could get to. What do you say, Maniac? He killed Joey Ryan one time. He did kill Joey Ryan. He did murder somebody. He did murder. That. <laughs> he did murder a guy. Um, yeah, no, I was just gonna say that's what makes it so exciting. There's so many permutations with what can happen with the uh, elite characters. So very very pumped. How about Jr. when Kenny was walking out saying, "Well, the only bad thing, Don Callis is living." <laughs> yeah, Jr. did not care for Don Callis. No. Yeah fucking hilarious it is great and that, that's the thing with them too is like we're talking about punk waiting two months for their storyline these dudes have basically been on hold for nine months waiting for kenny to come back to do whatever they want yes. to do after full gear if kenny was healthy after full gear we would have already had this resolution with whatever was going to happen with him and paying man and everything else but they knew kenny needed to i mean dude was just a walking injury list for a while 
and they knew he needed to do that. So I'm sure that there's stuff that they've been chomping at the bit to try to get to storytelling wise too. Well, um, in a way, else? it helps. The, in a way, it helps the story because Adam Cole's sort of been building, slow building, bringing his guys into the fold and becoming sort of the takeover of yeah. uh, the undisputed. He's making shirts branding branding them the undisputed elite, and that, like I said before, that has to build a little resentment in Kenny as he's just sitting back there trying to wait for wait to get back and you know get involved in it all over again. Yeah, definitely. Any other thoughts on Kenny or anything, Ernie, Troy? Um. I'm surprised that Tony Khan didn't go into his deep bag of tricks and just turn the lights off, and then Kenny Omega just appeared in the ring. <laughs> That's what I thought might I have was happened. thinking too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad it didn't happen that way. Obviously, yeah. uh, glad to see him back. This has been one of the storylines that I've been looking forward to this whole time. I mean, I, the build between him and Hangman leading up to Hangman's uh, title, eventual title win, fantastic stuff one of the most uh, interesting storylines in wrestling at that point. So yeah, now I feel like you just, you got so much to play with here that you can kind of just plug and play. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Kenny as a baby face. I mean, I, I personally, I know what you guys are saying, like, how would you do it? But I feel like Hangman as a face is kind of getting a little stale. We've seen it, the cowboy shit. We know it's great. We love it. But you know, maybe a little turn on the Dark Order, something like that. I just feel like it could revitalize him a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's just so much potential within that Undisputed Elite Hangman stuff that, you know, obviously something to very much keep an eye on. And uh, we'll have to see as it gets to all out and, and even after. That's certainly a way we can go with Hangman with uh, if it if we believe that his baby face is going a little stale. But AEW doesn't do anything, you know, just hot shot well except maybe this title match hot right. shot out of nowhere they build to heel turns not just over weeks but maybe even months so you, you got to put an impetus in there for hangman to resent the guys that he is now sticking by even though the bucks are saying you know do you want to be our partner and he's saying yeah i'd love to stick by you but these guys stuck by me the whole way and i gotta be in their corner so that shows you how loyal hangman is even though he's probably deep down been wanting to reconnect with the bucks and and the dark order is saying you know Winning the title didn't make you happy. So deep down, that's sort of implying that you need to resolve things with the Bucks to make you happy. But even with that, he's still sticking with the Dark Order. So if you're going to tell that kind of story where Hangman, you know, goes a different way, you got to have a reason for him to turn on, you know, the friends that stuck by him this whole time. Bring in Wyndham Rotunda. <laughs> <laughs> or have the Dark Order turn on him. I don't know. Real quick, before we get away from AEW, shout out to my guy, JR. CM Punk and Mox are about to go at it. And they're like, could they go at it right here? And he just sarcastically goes, not with the millions of dollars at stake and the contracts <laughs> these guys have to sign. You never hear anybody say that. It's always like, oh, is it about to happen here in yeah. Nashville, Tennessee? Like, it's like, no. Like, Yeah, we love a good senile announcer who just doesn't care what he says anymore. <laughs> well, he's not wrong. We, we do stand. We do stand that, Troy. <laughs> well, I, I remember the, the contract signing, I think, between um, – Bobby Roode, and I think it was when he fought um, uh, Finn Balor in in uh, NXT, where he actually said that. He's like, I'm not going to cause any problems. This is too big of a money fight. I forgot who he fought when he won the title for the first time, but they had, like, the contract signing. He's like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna start any trouble. I'm not going to ruin the money, you know. I'm not going to yeah. ruin the money fight. I realized it. Not gonna, I forgot exactly who he fought when he won the title, but he did actually bring it up one time, which I thought was, was cool. 
And well, that's I what I. Before that, Samoa Joe, sorry, Samoa Joe just literally walked out for a contract signing, signed it, and walked away. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Where the hell is Samoa Joe? He's in, he's in Baltimore waiting for a Ring of Honor TV deal. Yeah, that's that's okay. that's what's going on. They need that bad. Um, the the that's why I didn't mind them moving it up storyline, the title match storyline wise, because you're going to have these dudes fight all night. You can't go two more weeks and be like, they, I, I hate the WWE thing. Where like they can't touch each other before the fight, the fight. It's like, why, what are we doing here? Like, what do you meanwhile, mean? you got CM Punk what if, and Mox finding an excuse to come out the ramp and beat each other's <laughs> ass. Well, Mox did us all a favor by getting rid of Tony Nese for that. I was not. Ready <laughs> I was for telling Maniac the other day, Tony Nese is like the jobber of the year at this point. He really is, bro. Tony kind I of implied Nice kind of implied that there was a debut that he was going to be facing, and that we were all going to regret uh, Mox ruining it or something. I don't know how real that was, but I don't. Did he really? Coming oh, yeah, they, I think he tweeted something like that. Yeah, I, yeah I, no. that's also him and Smart Mark. So I'm kind of with Jake. I don't believe all any of that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't believe anything from Mark Sterling. That oh, he's... before we move on from AEW, let's comment on a few things like uh, the Danielson and Garcia two out of three falls match. I don't know how got... it was rated lower than the first. Exactly. Game. What did it get understand. rated? Four, four and a quarter stars. Not yeah, <laughs> melts are gonna melt, sir. Yeah, yeah Meltzer's never really come out and said what the rating system is based on or what the, you know, you get one star for the build and one star for the crowd. And uh, I don't know. How, do, how does it work? I don't know. Sometimes he breaks it. He goes five or six stars when, you know, Kenny has a match in Japan, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, don't get me started. I'm breaking the, the star scale. I don't, <laughs> don't. Don't try to understand that man's mind. Have you seen his office? Like, don't try to don't try to get his, get okay. his mind. You ever see Meltzer's office? Anybody mm-hmm. else here? It's literally like just like the, papers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stacks and stacks of papers. Just, yeah. yeah, all over the place. He's like and psycho. He, and he knows exactly where each and every document lies yeah, that's, in that room. That's a man you can't trust trust with to be reliable mm-hmm. on scales or any sort. Have you, um, have, you ever, have you actually met him? He's like half a person. He's like five I did. My, I have a phone, picture on my phone of my brother with Dave Meltzer. My brother is a big... He's a big guy, and it's like he makes Dave look like the tiniest dude in the world. But he's jacked, though. Dave is yeah. Dave's a beefy dude. He Wait, so he's like an older bodybuilder kind, like Vince's. Yeah, but he's yeah, super. He, he's probably yeah, he, I don't know how tall he is, but he's not not a tall guy at all. It, it, he, there's no way he's over five five. I remember, I remember he I, walked yeah. past <laughs> us at uh, the yeah. first ever ABW pay per view. My buddy goes, "Hey, there's Dave Meltzer." I'm like, "Where?" And I looked over him because he was like under. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even see him until I'm like, oh, I looked down. Oh, there's Dave Meltzer, like at my freaking chest. Like, I'll send you guys the picture of him next to my mm-hmm. brother. It's it's really funny. It looks like they're like like one is like standing in front of the frame and one is like Meltzer's like in the back of the frame. That's and amazingly enough, five five, still taller than Jonathan Gresham. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, what one more thing from Dynamite? Uh, How does everybody feel about the acclaimed? Uh, Reuniting with Daddy Ass. Thank God, thank God. I think Although, I those think, despicable children that, turning. I don't know if that win. was in the plans, but I think uh, Anthony Bones and Billy Gunn had such chemistry with that, you know, one line as they would come out that uh, they said, "No, we get we can't break this up and just you know have it be broken up. We got to roll roll back with it." So just have the sons turn on Billy and have Billy align realign himself with the acclaim, so we can you know do all the scissoring fun again. I love it. I, I love. Did you that. hear I, when that happened to and? Uh, Taz said to Jr. He's like, "Never do that to me, though." Jr. is like, "Oh my god, I would, I would never." 
<laughs> yeah, that was great. I'm very that pro the AEW announce team, Excalibur, JR, and Taz, obviously. I do think, or Tony Schiavone, I think they could have done a little bit better about not talking during that moment with how big of a buildup that's kind of had yeah. under the surface and what a big moment that was building up to. I hate to say it, they should have given the scissoring a little bit more of a uh, Well, did you moment. see? They went back and did it the second time, too. Like they, the, they did. They, they, they doubled they down and, and they got more over. of a crowd pop where it was more like, of a crowd kind of pop. Genius. And they moved Caster over to the TV, so he wasn't like not facing the TV side. So I think they they thought that too. Like they're like, nah, we need to get something else going with you. Yeah, that was that was because that was a fucking moment. Anyone who's this, been watching AEW, that's a top five storyline. This week well, we I get Billy Gunn ver- to my eye. Billy Gunn versus Colton Gunn this week. Father versus son is on Dynamite. This is called TV. This is yes. Yeah, actually. Oh, dude, that's I'm an actual match. That's gonna be great. What do you got? Would you guys sign up for New Age Outlaws versus the, the Gun Club as a result one, of this? In one thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> one thousand percent. Get Road Dog in there. Okay, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. You got to for, for, for a one-time deal, like they bring in a Redbeard every once in a while. Sure. And then Tony Khan's just like, "All right, Road Dog. Like I've been seeing what you've been saying online. Now get the <laughs> fuck out of here." Yeah. That, that, Why that, can't we get the newest claim Outlaws? Yeah. There, a. Hey. Hmm. Good point. That's solid. All right, I That's think we've covered fun, pretty much everything on AEW. Can we? Yeah. I think we should move on to what's going on with the E now. The island yes. of relevancy. On the island, <laughs> exactly. Wait, let's get let's get over there, Ernie. What's I'm going to start with you. Entertainers. <laughs> the sports entertainers. No, they are wrestlers now. If you're talking to Drew McIntyre, he was oh. very, very, very forceful about that. Over. We are wrestlers promo. in a wrestling ring. Let's have a wrestling match. Kevin Owens did not get enough credit for that promo battle. Everybody, you know, Drew started yelling in the mic and everybody got excited about it. But Kevin Owens came out there and just did incredible work. Mentioned the fact he hasn't won five, won in five years, wants a title. They're setting these guys up real, like the guys that they need to set up, making them look good. So Ernie, I'll start with you. Just what have you liked about WWT, WWE TV in the last couple of weeks? Is this is like, like Troy was talking about earlier, Triple H's first real build to his first pay-per-view that he has like creative control over. I would yeah. Second um, first off, that promo between Kevin Owens and um, Drew McIntyre was absolutely fantastic. It was almost as if these guys can deliver good promos when they're not shackled by a bunch of stupid writers and a and an out of touch person running the company. Um, I think it's going to take. A, I mean, I. I see the end, like light at the end of the tunnel with WWE. I think by WrestleMania, like the product is going to be absolutely incredible because they're moving in the right direction. It's going to take some time because they they have a steep hill to climb. And, you know, they're like they pretty much got tossed into a Triple H got tossed into a well, and now he's got to climb his way out. Um, but every week, the thing about the thing about the shows now is like literally every single thing makes sense. Like everything is logical, everything is concise. Everything means something. Like they're, you know, they're, they're making sure that the the lower tier titles. Oh, I can we can say belts now. The lower mm-hmm. tier belts mean something. Like they're trying to put legitimacy legitimacy on pretty much everything. Um, well, maybe I couldn't believe it when they said that um, the former WWE officials were going to sour on Gunther. Because that's pretty much the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> I couldn't, bro. And, and they, then, oh go ahead. No, and, no, go, keep going. I was just hurt. I mean, well, that. they also said that Becky Lynch and AJ Lee weren't hot. So, I mean, that just shows the stupidity of this company. Um, pre, you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley running it. 
So things make sense now. Like a lot of stuff, they're gonna it's gonna take time for them to really, really, really build to like a, a high quality product, but they're getting there and you can tell they're gonna get there. And I just I just can't wait for the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania because Su- SummerSlam on like a week's notice was much better. So I can't wait until they have the time to do the long-term storytelling and to kind of cross the T's and dot the I's that haven't been in, you know, storytelling. Like the whole, you know, match between Finn Balor and Roman Reigns that ended super weird and they never addressed it. Like stuff like that's just not going to happen anymore. Like, so everything makes sense. And I'm very, very encouraged at the direction they're going right now. Uh, I'm sure you'll all agree that uh, giving weight to the Intercontinental and U.S. titles, putting them in main event spots, and not just doing that, but uh, putting matches before them to qualify to be in those matches to give it even more meaning, and those great video promos on the history of the U.S. and the IC titles. I mean, just the small. It seems like such just basic little things. Not just have have title matches, but show them why they why they're meaningful, and have more than one guy want to be in them. And now, my God, we're getting an Intercontinental title match at a goddamn pay-per-view for the first time since WrestleMania 37. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, this, this, the most. Ba- I remember. I think Chris Jericho commented on one time he wanted to do an Intercontinental title match years ago, uh, and Vince basically told him off, saying nobody gives a f about the Intercontinental title. This is back in WrestleMania 28, I believe. So that's how long Vince has been resentful of his uh, second-tier mid-card work workhorse titles. So now they're going to finally actually meet something, and they better meet something because Lord knows that uh, the island of relevancy doesn't uh, come grace us with his presence all, all too often these days. So you, you got to have something to compete for on these shows. You got to have something main event these shows, and you got to have something seem like it's important if you don't have your uh, a lot of storylines established right now. They're just starting to get going. They're just starting to get their traction. Uh, other than that. Uh, Turning Becky back to the man, even though she's not uh, around right now, but uh, she's still making appearances at, like WrestleMania parties and whatnot in character, uh, is good to see. Uh, it's good to see that they're tr- attempting to give some, uh, to put the women's tag titles on somebody new. But we all know what this is leading to, of course. And we've, we've, I think we've been over that uh, in previous shows. But Sasha and Amy are just going to show up and say, hey, we're they're, they're going to be in bitch. Cardiff. There's no oh, yeah. doubt in my mind. That but it's going to be hard for them to hide it because, I mean, international tickets are just not something you can really, you know, they're not going to be able to just go on a private road trip and then just hang out in a corner for a little bit while until the show has already started. You know what I mean? But yeah. the, they'll do something with that. And uh, uh, Roman and uh, Drew McIntyre, does Drew... Uh, some people are saying this is the time to get the titles off of Roman, and some people are saying no, uh, Drew's not quite there yet, or at least he's not been built up as that guy to take it off. If you, for as long as Roman's had the Universal title, it, it there's got to be a real build to something. Uh, I think I, ideally, timeline wise, you'd want Cody to be the guy, but uh, they're also holding out hope that the Rock's going to come around, and of course, we Rock Roman doesn't need the titles. Cody, Cody did did throw it. Uh classic daniel garcia Mm -hmm. deleted tweet moment and threw an eye emoji at the clash of the castle and then deleted it right away (laughs) um well how many months i mean it's only been two months that would be kind of ridiculous but Mm -hmm. just have if if triple h wants to make his presence known at a big show and he can travel and even still you know he's planning royal rumble or something like that if 
that's the only thing I could think of. If Drew doesn't win now, then it ha- that's the only person that makes sense to wait for to win the title, unless they're giving it to Seth Rollins, which they've never finished that program from last year. Like yeah. they, they went away about, from it, did a DQ finish, and then we never heard from it ever again. What about carrying Cross being put into the mix? Is he going to be Roman's next challenger, or is he going to be Drew's first challenger? He's been t- he's his promo on Friday night. The first name he mentioned was Drew McIntyre, so that's it's Drew is who I think his real target is. It's not as much Roman. But would he be Drew? Would, would Drew be his first target as a title holder or just as a regular feud? I, I don't think I don't think Drew if you're my opinion on the Drew Roman main event at least is that Roman's winning I don't think it's I don't think that they do it in Cardiff and I don't think it's going to be Drew I don't think Drew is gonna is gonna get the first run I don't think that that's I just don't see that that being the plan with it ending this quickly like you said like there hasn't been enough time to build up like a real quality story around why Roman like the, the bloodline thing has to end with something directly with Roman, not just Drew being big tough guy at home that gets to win. Like I just don't see that with Triple H. Is this totally for both belts though, Drew and yeah. Roman? Yeah. Every this title is, so far has been for both belts. Okay, but there yeah, that's, that's the rumor that came out is there is still a rumor out there that USA wants a belt back, which would make a lot of sense. We like I mean there was never any plan, I think, with the undisputed belts go really after they did it i think they just wanted to do it to make the biggest wrestlemania match of all time and, yeah. and do whatever else they could say with that right. um but i don't know how that works like that's we've never had that answer with theory like they need to answer that question on tv does he win both belts with a money in the bank cash in like i don't i want i the, wonder if paul levesque is just motherfucking as he's walking in the back corridor that the money in the bank's on theory right now yeah yeah he that's the next factor again because that's got yeah. it's almost like an Otis situation again, right? Like, okay, even even if Theory wins, or, or should I say, better put, it's more like a uh, Nikki Ash situation. It's like, cool, yeah. you're gonna win the title. Like, the first challenger who comes along is absolutely gonna curb stomp you and win, like, win it right back. I would yeah. lose. I think it would be absolutely hilarious if Theory came along and just failed on the cash in. Uh, Troy, what are your thoughts on like WWE's and Hole and the title picture going into Cardiff? Yeah, I mean, first of all, shout out to my man Paul uh, because I have I've been saying this for years, and this is gonna sound terrible, but I have sat here for years and said, you know what, um, nothing's gonna get better until the old man dies, which he didn't die, he just retired, and I think in the short term we're we're already kind of seeing how good it can be or has the potential to be when he's out of the picture, not making the decisions. And I think it's real poetic justice for Triple H, in my opinion. He builds up NXT to arguably be WWE's best brand to the hardcore fans, only to have it broken down into NXT 2.0. And then he gets the reins, no pun intended, here on the main roster, and he's starting to build it back up. I love the addition of the NXT people again. Obviously, I think Cross is very much going to benefit from Triple H being at the helm, and I think he's going to be a lot better because obviously he's not going to be presented. What a so. whirlwind for that guy! He's I had mean, a whirlwind I, couple months, man. <laughs> and did you? I don't know if you guys happened to catch, but he just him and Scarlett recently did a interview where he said he was like on the verge of signing uh, a, a contract with the, the bare knuckle fighting for like a few fights. Wow. So who who is this? 
Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross. Cross. Wow. Yeah, Cross was apparently going to be signing a contract to do, I don't know, I think he said a, a few, three, four, whatever it was. For the Wasn't it going to be with the uh, the NWA? Who's that guy with the Smashing Pumpkins? Uh, uh, Corgan? Yeah, yeah. Cor- he was going to be Corgan's first champion, wasn't he? And Corgan basically said, look, if WWE's asking for you, go back to them. Seriously, and I, I, I think, I mean, I mean, the way they had him debut, um, I thought that was great. Dexter Loomis, too. So we're seeing these characters that we loved in NXT who got, well, not Loomis, but, you know, they got sent up to the main roster and in classic Vince fashion, he just turned them into jokes. Jokes. Yeah. I, I, you know, so I thought that the Loomis stuff is brilliant with him, you know, being handcuffed, you know, my roommate, big Mark himself. He's like, I had no idea. He's like, it was the scariest thing that I thought this guy was actually getting arrested in the crowd had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> that it was Loomis until like the last second, so uh, I think what you're seeing oh, right Prince. there, oh Freddie Prince, really? He, he was get, he was going to be Freddie Prince's summer catch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you're hurting uh, feelings with that. Yeah. Well, you, you know Scarlett, she's all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh. So yeah, no, I quit. Get... <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Come with the haymakers. Uh, yeah, so not to get too long-winded, but uh, I'm very interested now. I'm very intrigued because I'll be honest with you. Yo, I who's love- the hand in the background? We didn't really even – like, there's so much shit going on. In, like, WWE six six months ago, that would have been the, discu- the discussion topic all week. Oh, that's yeah. Loomis, too. I, I I sent you the picture that uh, Loomis has had a glove like that. Yeah. But it's got no, the fiend also got no did. fiend potential? No. I don't no. think so. No, I think that's Loomis. That's all. Listen, the the report though, the report from Mike Johnson, PW Insider, was last week was that Bray Wyatt is more than likely to come back to WWE. Like that has been the standing ground for like a couple months now. I think I'm not saying this instance, but I'm just saying in general, like it could be coming. It's been a long time, dude. I mean, with H with H being in charge now, I think you're going to see a lot. You know, a lot of people who were probably teetering towards. Let me let me try the comp, you know. Let me try AEW and that. I think they might pump the brakes now that Triple H is is uh, absolutely in yeah. Um, yeah, and sure. they'll they'll consider going back. So I think he's going to do a lot of good things for a lot of people creatively. And like you guys said about the Intercontinental Title, I mean, let's be honest. There are times where I think the Intercontinental Title has produced better matches than a WWE title match. I mean, that's when you get the wrestlers, wrestlers. That's when you're going to get the guys who just know how to put on a great match. Maybe not great on the mic, but just really good wrestling. And H, obviously, he had a deep history with the Intercontinental title. He's a two- or three-time champion with that. So it is, it's good to see that that's being brought back to prominence and you don't have to lean on your big title because, let's be honest, too, you know, you're going to see Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the umpteenth time. People want, <laughs> people want something different, man. And on the Triple H whole NXT 2.0 thing, I think uh, Kevin Nash pretty much confirmed a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists, uh, 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 a lot of conspiracy theories about what really happened with NXT 2.0. And not just that Triple H fell out of health. It was Vince McMahon basically setting up to fail against AEW and saying, okay, we're going to do it my way now. I mean, mean, as soon as they announced that, I mean, I think everybody correctly predicted that as soon as Vince put his Grammy pause on NXT, it was going to be bad. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, and also, I think there was a hit of jealousy about everybody because 
we talked about this in private chat that NXT pay-per-views, whatever you want to call them, were just amazing. Like you, I mean, I could name, I could name like ten great matches off the top of my head from NXT takeovers since 2015, and I'm not sure I can name more than two or three great WWE matches in the same time. So those shows were bangers from start to finish, and it was just great professional wrestling. So I, I could see why there'd be a lot of jealousy there and to blow up something that was really, really good. So I'm not surprised when Kevin Nash said that. Hmm. Uh, things that uh, Triple H seems to be doing better. What about, uh, we were talking about this also on the pre-show. What about the Ronda Rousey's presentation now, just showing up out of nowhere and just causing havoc and getting arrested Stone Cold style? That was great to see that. Like another hot start to the show. Like I, like we were saying earlier, like urgency to the show, trying to like do something different, all that stuff. And then it's awesome to see, like we're talking about connectivity and everything else they're doing as the police cars are getting taken away is when Roman is driving mm -hmm. in and you can get that like smooth transition. That whole opening scene was great, but Rhonda specifically. Yeah. Like this is everything she needed again when she was coming back. Like she can't just come in like, smiling to the ring and then just cut a promo that's not ever was never her strength it was never gonna be her strength like doing this shit like this is is built that crowd was going nuts for ronda rousey like that was loud as i'm not even a ronda like i'm not a ronda fan in the like she's not one of my favorite women's wrestlers on the roster in the world but it was that was a huge crowd reaction and they're doing great stuff with her and if it's leading up to Baszler Ronda the proper way that we were supposed to get whatever's going to happen with that title match I feel like that's the direction they're going though they have a chance to put on some crazy matches letting go with the way that the style that Triple H is going to let them do um, so it feels like a money program at the moment right now agreed I couldn't agree more just to put a cap on it I mean I don't know what was going on with backstage with Ronda before but it's exactly like you said she would come out trying to look like a badass and then she'd be like, you might as well call Liv Morgan and sync because after I'm done with her, it's going to be bye, bye, bye. And then she would like look all angry at the camera. Like, and it would just, it wouldn't she make act, any she sense. She actually said that? Wait, no, she no, no, no. Like, but, but she would do like oh. fun bullshit like that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it just like the action, like the B action movie hero line. Neuronskis. Rhonda's chaos in the ring. Have that extend to her personality. It's, it, it all writes itself. Mm -hmm. yeah she needs to take a break from the mic for sure i guess now she's in jail so they <laughs> won't have a mic in her hand anytime soon it is funny yeah, that we had a promo there it's always a long time it is funny <laughs> yeah, that we had moxley sure. hijack the show wednesday and then triple h is like you know what i'm gonna start this show with friday someone hijacking the show right away yep. like we don't get that we haven't gotten that shit in wrestling in like a long time and it happens on both programs in the same week. Yeah, that, that I mean, she's not good. That's for sure. I, I, it's not her strength. I would love to see her with somebody like... I've always wanted to see her with Paul Heyman. I don't know if that is... But take Nakamura, for example, right? Nakamura, if you were doing, you know, real-life Madden ratings or WWE ratings, if you want to use that, his mic is like a seven. Like, you know, yeah, that's like, true. Like, like, but he's just... Non-existent. He doesn't have to. He just has to like look there. And, like, yeah, you just he, need the mannerisms yeah. and the persona. He does more with fewer words, dude. All he needs so, is his theme song because the crowd goes nuts when they hear his song. They all want to sing along. Mm -hmm. But they were literally singing it through all of New York City oh, when he fought at, summer, at the SummerSlam when he fought. You know when he fought for the title. So it's like, dude, that's all he needs. 
uh, the song is fun to sing. Really? Like you can't. It is. It's great. Nothing better than singing a wrestling. Everyone loves song. a sing along song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? What else is going? On? I mean, oh, uh, Sammy's. You guys know, <laughs> as long as I've been on this podcast, that I've been just wanted Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn to be prospering, and now all of them are. Maniacs all hyped up about Sami Zayn. He had a great week Friday. KO's had a great, great week since he destroyed Ezekiel and maybe the whole family eventually. Like, if, what's what's the Elrod? We still haven't seen Elrod. What's his dad's name? Ernie. Ernie, your your brother, your brother in arms there. Ernie, Ezekiel, whatever. Yeah. I want to see him take out that whole family. Rollins looks. I mean, they're just presenting him in a different way. Like. I'm just very excited about what they're doing with the upper mid card, higher card acts now because it's just been roaming for so long that we've, you know, we've always been talking about who's next and everything else. Slick, what is what's your favorite thing going on? We'll wrap up there. Uh, I'm a fan of what's going on with Riddle and Rollins. You know, R- Rollins has really grown on me this past year. I don't know what really goes into it there, but also with the Sammy stuff, like you said, the backstage segment that was so good. And I'm like sitting here thinking, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, am I starting to like Roman Reigns? Like, Whoa. this segment is decent, dude. And Tribal Chiefs getting like baby face pops from the crowd. He's cussing He's... out Theory, saying your daddy's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, go ahead, give it to them, Roman. I love it. It's honestly great. What Roman somehow to? turned into he just somehow turned into like the biggest baby face in the company over like the last three months. Like it was like he was always getting the cheers because the crowd like the yeah. kid kids cheers and everything else. But now I feel like ones, it's man. now I feel like it's everybody. Now I feel like he walks out and it's just everybody's just and maybe that is the thing with him not being around as much anymore. Maybe he knew what he was doing. Yeah, it's impressive. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think I'd see the day. Um, but if they keep that up, that's great. It's great for the company, especially since he's already your face guy. He's already a mainstream name which is also crazy to me i all these people like who aren't even involved in wrestling seem to know roman reigns somehow but if they keep that up the backstage segments are awesome so some bloodline tension would be nice but i think match wise uh when we get riddle and rollins i think in clash of the castle that's gonna be yep. a banger man oh, it's yeah. gonna be a banger for sure and then Seamus going at it with Gunther there too. That's gonna be yes. really oh, yeah. That's that, about, that, oh my that's, god. I'm, I'm most looking forward to that match. Can you imagine what those two those two are gonna try to kill each other? They're going yeah. to try to kill yes. each other in the ring. Oh, and by the way, the way to make Roman baby face, and I've said this for two years, have him face heel rocket, heel Hollywood piece of shit rocket WrestleMania. It's true. But it, that's like that's also like when you bring punk back to wrestling. Like can you really turn bring rock back and turn him yeah, right yes. into a, I don't think anybody's you know? gonna boo Roman again. Like there's gonna it's just gonna be Roman that's true. Ray, like, sure not gonna the rock. Roman. Like they're just gonna that's cheer what I'm for everybody. Saying, Bartham, like, they, they, the they, they said that in two thousand three and he was the best heel probably ever. Everyone thought that yeah, he, I, 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 that's I, twenty years I ago. Could easily bring Hollywood rock. I mean he, he was doing Hollywood rock when his movies fucking sucked. Yeah. Now, now he's a fucking movie star. What if he just right. calls out? What if what if he just goes meta and just calls out marks and like shit like that? He's like, you guys yeah, exactly. are like ridiculous. That like, would be the perfect like way to do it. Yeah, he yeah, comes back. Meta. Everybody like, will be cheering for him. Than any of you. Yeah, 
and, and he'll just be like, see, Roman, it does, these, all these idiots, they don't even care about you. Like, you know, I come back, you've been here for the last 10 years. I come back, they're cheering me louder than you. It's crazy. It's crazy I, how that works, isn't it? Isn't it? You're Luke? just my it's little crazy. cousin. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. Remember yeah. when I got you in uh, Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah, I hooked you up, Oos. <laughs> all he has to do is come oh, out and say, you know what? Great. All my successes in spite of the Samoan dynasty, like fuck Sika and fuck Yokozuna. Yeah. I, I, I branded him. You've branched this away. out, Ernie. You've had this scripted for about nine months now. How great would it be if he came out and wrestled and he put like that kinetic tape on his tribal tattoo? He's embarrassed <laughs> by the Samoan <laughs> dynasty. Like he, in spite of the, you know, he can, he can go off like. When I was a kid, they locked the doors of my house because I because of the Samoan dynasty. My dad married in that Samoan dynasty, and you guys are all about poverty and trash. And I, I'm so much better than you. And I because of you, the only reason I became the biggest star in pro wrestling, the biggest star in Hollywood, is because I I turned my back on the Samoan dynasty. And you can all go fuck yourselves. If he Why do you think I left that, this dump? Exactly. He, if he came out and did that, the crowd, you know. That mean, you, know, you wrestling fans are a bunch of marks. Like, I, I became better in spite. I used you to become the biggest star in Hollywood. And you guys are all trash and you're stupid and you're gullible. Yeah, it would work it for sure. Mm. And then he can go triple meta and be like, all you losers here in Cleveland, Ohio, remind me of my Jumanji 4 co-star, Kevin Hart, like in theaters, June 16th. <laughs> Yo, if he did promo. Like, 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 if he, like, if he, like, yeah. like they do it anyway with commercials right after. So like, might as well just like go fucking nuts. And everybody, everybody starts booing as he's uh, yeah, yeah, replacement. But don't worry, it's in IMAX June 17th. <laughs> Oh or or he just yeah, like, cut a promo. Like you Cleveland but... fans can afford to go see a movie in the <laughs> IMAX. Yes, it'd be great if he just came out and didn't even talk wrestling, just promoted his movies. hundred oh percent, I agree. Yeah, that, that would make it an even here. bigger deal. Here. Yeah, I, I don't care. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm using, you know, I'm using this valuable TV time they could have gave to a rookie or someone who cares, who actually cares about professional wrestling. I'm not going to use my TV time to talk about wrestling. I'm going to use my time to talk about Fast and the Furious 407. You know, like whatever. We're in space. Hmm. <laughs> that's oh great. But that first right. pop that Rock gets, there's going to be a pop, and you Other, have to roll. Otherworldly, yeah. otherworldly. There always is. Yeah. One one little uh, piece of fantasy booking I want to throw at you guys, and I want to see what you're going to be able to do with this because this is a very important storyline that's been going on for years now, and we've got to wrap it up in this new Triple H regime. Uh, how would you book the end of the 24/7 title? I don't want it to end. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't want. They haven't done anything yet. I don't want to end. Like the hardcore title from that one video, or we're always looking around from the from the Attitude Era. For some reason, someone just decided that the twenty four seven title was like legitimately like a pseudo, you know, U.S. title light. Like now they now they'll have times where they're just like the twenty four seven title is off limits for this next match. Like yeah, what like, what are we talking like about? no, that should never be happening. The twenty four seven title should always be chaos. It shouldn't be the ten. But we haven't gotten that chaos since Triple took over. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the ten. Because you, sometimes when when there's a massive you know building on fire, you got to start at like you know the key <laughs> foundational floors, not not the eighteenth floor window. You know yeah. with the twenty four seven title. I say. You know, just get it back to chaos. Not not the bottom ten wrestlers of the roster running out to the ring during the middle of a match. Nobody cares about. You know yeah. what I want? I want our truth to win it next, and then he never loses the title for fifteen years. Like our truth is just like people come. We get backstage segments of people trying to take down our truth, 
and he's just the best 24 7 champion ever he's always got some like weapon nearby or something and that's how we end it i was just literally Archer's just title. gonna say have our truth take it and then start <laughs> doing like vignettes where he's at home like watching <laughs> better call saul eating a bag of chips and all of a sudden he sees someone like in his front yard he pulls the binoculars out and like uh, something like that when they were doing booby, like tra the booby traps set up around yes. the house yeah like some home alone type shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. literally here's, and here's how you do it here's how you do it you go complete full circle you bring back alundra blaze she wins it she puts it in the trash on live tv <laughs> yeah. they already brought like her back for nxt too. so yeah <laughs> they did what bro was that the trash took the two trash the fighters on trash. tv yeah there was a trash fire backstage on raw and then there was literally uh, Carmelo Hayes setting a yeah. setting a title on fire in the trash. But all I'm trying to say is, if they're not doing anything with Black the NXT, it's it's basically just a piece of jewelry jewelry for Dana Brooke at this point. They hit, that's the only time they can you can see it or have it mentioned is if she happens to be in a match and 24 seven isn't involved. We haven't seen any shenanigans or any craziness or anything. I'm just thinking that they're in a holding pattern until they figure out whether they want to do anything anything with it at all. And if they figure they don't want to do anything with it at all, you got to end it somehow, like merge it with the U.S. title or unify it or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's the real world championship, so. That's all, that's all that I know. <laughs> it deserves its respect however they end it. All right, anybody got anything else before we go? Uh, one thing I had in closing that I didn't get to mention earlier, uh, when we were talking about the Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre promo, I think a lot of things, or something that a lot of fans, a lot of people probably just kind of skirted over and didn't realize, loved the tribute to Owen Hart by Kevin Owens saying enough is enough and it's yep. time for change. Yeah, I caught that. I think Absolutely. a lot of people did not catch that, though, and I just don't think that could, should just be skimmed over. You know, I think that's just another piece of the Triple H puzzle right there. Love that. Or, or just, or just letting the character be a character because you, you know right. that. You know what I'm saying? Like Vince McMahon, like you can't say that. Talk about <laughs> Butch. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Butch. Yeah. Or it's oh time for God. Pete Dunn, according to his uh, that tweet that he pulled out uh, from the, the Black yeah. and Gold days. Your He's first hoping. name isn't Austin anymore. It's just theory. Just theory. <laughs> His brother thesis the other day. Someone I saw that tweet. Oh yeah, that's from AEW. Oh, he's a. Yeah, can't wait to watch Triple H. Hopefully, undo everything that Vince did in the last couple of years. So we'll I thought you were gonna say like Triple H beat Roman Reigns himself. <laughs> that's what we're getting, we're coming to. I take it. If you told me that three years, done it before, three, like, I guess. four years ago, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So Remember, we are only not that far removed from Triple H winning the Royal Rumble in the WWE title. <laughs> I was going to say, was, it's like uh, it basically <laughs> happened four years ago. Yeah, exactly. He came out, he came out 30, and we're like, oh, no. this is Okay, real quick time, time capsule. Real quick time capsule before we sign off. It's, it's August yes. 21st, 2022. Who comes out number 30 WWE Royal Rumble right now? Oh, come on. Cody Rhodes got to be the favorite? Cody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cody. John Is there Cena. Anybody else possible? No. Cena at 30 would actually be hysterical because he'd probably get mm -hmm. enough of a pop and crowd support to one. Well, he said he's going to be at WrestleMania regardless. Jeff, Johnny that Gargano. Mm. Mm, yeah, where where, where is it this year? It's going to be in uh, San Antonio again, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah Bray Wyatt's probably up there too. Yeah. I think I'm Cody a, Cody's the heavy favorite. He's got to be. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah most of these guys were talking about Wyatt Gargano. They would probably debut by the Royal Rumble, but Cody's timeline with his injury is going to be probably right up against but the Royal Rumble. Here's the thing, though. I don't see Triple H doing Cody at 30. He's just going to telegraph win the Rumble. I say you, if Cody's returning, put Cody in at like five. He doesn't get yeah, a good that's right, And he has that's... to sell the whole match. He's sitting there, laying there, his arms like hanging out of his body and shit like that. And that's how Cody will win the Rumble. That's He's a not great coming point. back to Superman. That, that makes 30, perfect 30 sense. is a tough spot. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, but which means it might actually happen now. That's what and, I mean. And, that, and that's the, the final, actual, the final two story. competitors in the ring with a shot at WrestleMania: Cody and Seth. Seth. Yo, yep. Seth might he oh. might actually try to kill Cody Rhodes. If Seth, he at, the Seth, Seth at thirty, and then you're not gonna Cody take it from me, Cody. That that still might be if they're doing two nights of WrestleMania. That might just be one night, and Roman versus whoever else is the other night. Because I think you could, I think they have enough with it. Yeah, agreed. I'm going Seth Rollins. I like that. I think Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins at 30, and he's like, yeah. "No, you're not taking this from me, Cody. With a- I drew the 30 spot. This is my Royal Rumble." Just on this last one, what what do you got for Killer Kowalski here? You think it's it's Royal Rumble to WrestleMania when Cody comes back? I think yeah. Cody's back as the biggest star in the company, or one of the biggest stars in the company again, because he's still moving, moving merch. He's still doing social numbers. All the metrics yeah. that they look at now, he's on top for everything. So yeah, yeah. And, tri- and Triple H and Cody are very close. So if anybody's going to extra push Cody, it's going to be Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And yep. he saw what you don't. You don't think like this is. I think we talked about this the last pod. Is that they don't. They don't like like. For some reason, WWE has gone against, or wrestling fans in general, like don't want to see matches or feuds over again. Like they're like, oh, we need all these fresh new matchups and everything. But it's like there's something to having a rivalry and having like some time in between, then coming back to it and everything. Triple H definitely will, is gonna love that shit, and you know that Triple H loved that Hell in a Cell match and everything they did in there. With without, you know all the stuff that was devoted to him, which is definitely why he liked it a little bit more than anything else. But <laughs> just the storytelling and everything. Yeah, those, and that just feels like the story. That's the best story they have to tell left. Yeah, there. Yeah, I, I could see uh, together. Seth and Cody having a blow off match in one of the uh, between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania pay per views leading up to the title match of WrestleMania that Cody will go for. Yeah, it's all, but, Tana, but he, it's all Tanahashi and Okada's fault. You can't have a good rivalry anymore. It's true. Okay, with two nights of WrestleMania, could you see them doing both Cody versus Roman and Rock versus Roman with Cody getting like a, a secondary match? On night one, I don't think so. Mm, I no. no, I don't think so. I think night two WrestleMania is to Roman be honest, rock. To be honest, one night, one night main event of WrestleMania is going to be a women's match under Triple H, and it's probably going to be Becky Ronda. Oh yeah, that's what I. That's what is. I think it's going to be one night of a main event or Sasha <laughs> involved somewhere too, depending on what happens with Fucking her and Naomi. But so if you yeah. predicted one way or another, who Roman's single opponent is going to be at WrestleMania? Is it Cody or Cody. Is it Rock? Cody. I'm going with the Rock. I'm going with. The I think Rock. we should get Rocks, Rock Cena third third time in a lifetime. I got yeah three in a lifetime. That's two out of three. I'm going Rock just because I think I think you're gonna kind of start to run out of runway for the Rock uh, to do a solid wrestling. If it's not Hollywood, when is it? Right? Yeah, exactly. it's not Hollywood. This one. If it's it? not, Rock's not yeah. doing Seattle. Yeah, you know what? You're also, right. Yeah. He's also or do you bring years or old do now. you bring him or do you bring him back then? That's the only way I could see like they don't do it is that's his return spot. But like that's the biggest stage of them all. I feel like you got to do the match there. It's in that's Hollywood, right. like Maniac said. So 
And then you can like have rock cutting promos about like, you'll see Roman, like you're already on like a part-time schedule anyway. Once you start actually getting movie roles, you'll see that this shit treats you better than wrestling anyway. And like, oh, yeah. But that is interesting. If we are talking about two night, we've never seen Triple H with two night WrestleManias. What if he does look at it as like night one can lead into night two and you have like Rollins, like, Rollins wins the Rumble, fights Roman night one. Cody has some match against somebody else on the roster. And whoever, if he wins, he fights, you know, the, for the title the next night. And Roman still has two matches on. Like, they could get creative with wanting to tell stories over two nights if they really sure. wanted to. Because this year it felt like two completely different shows like together or whatever yeah. separately from each other yeah they might do something like that what they did that for, that plays uh, into the next night you know what they did at wrestlemania 10 with the uh, luger and brett but they did it all on one night and now yeah. that they have two nights to spread it out and they have two titles that eventually usa wants to have them separate maybe they keep the two titles together until wrestlemania and with two two nights like and, what if uh, night one is is roman rock and cody versus Rollins and Cody versus Rollins is for yes. like the number one contender and Roman Rock it, is for the title. That's what and I'm the saying. Night, yeah, they do something like yes. that. Yeah. Haven't haven't they been doing that with the Wrestle Kingdoms too with like New Japan? Isn't that what Wrestle they Kingdoms did? back to one night this year, but last year they had they did do that. They had a match where it was like a set like a number one contenders match and the next night they fought Okada. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's 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 an interesting thing to look at there a lot of it would just build there. the urgency around the nights too because then you're like really you're looking at night two and you're just like damn like what could we don't even know what the card is for the second night but it would be you know you'd be okay with whatever the things are out of it well, well it incentivize people to get both nights and not just the second yeah night. that would, yeah, that yeah. would that's what i'm thinking from a ticket yeah. from a ticket or you know view standpoint you're gonna look at it and be like oh i'm sorry cody's on both nights well now i gotta try my best to either watch both nights or make sure that I, I got tickets for both nights. Right. Because there was no real incentive for people that wanted to see the specific match, you know, like both nights is expensive to go to in person. They'd pick like yeah. one or the other that they really want to go to. Speaking okay. of which, our own Ernie green is going to be in attendance night one. How about that? Well, I'll be in, I'll be in attendance for both. And honestly, the, the tickets for, I just, I just sent one picture. The tickets for, for both nights of WrestleMania were actually, cheaper than the one ticket i got for wrestlemania 32 in dallas so oh, and nice. we're on the 200 level like really good level so we're, and we were in a similar spot in dallas so tickets were relatively speaking affordable dang yeah well, that's good like, to hear yeah. i have to show up i know i've been thinking about the wrestlemania trip I, that's I like gotta really we gotta go to philly that is that's what we we're talking about yeah, yeah we that's, talking a, about that's a good one it's a good very idea. plausible very this will be number seven for me but I don't count That's Phoenix because it was 15 minutes from my house. When you go to something 15 minutes from your house, did you really go? No. Hmm. That doesn't count. When it takes no effort to do something, you know what I'm saying? Not, you, didn't, yeah. you didn't go. Yeah, you didn't go. Yeah. Well, I didn't go to a lot of things then. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say, I haven't been to the doctors in like a decade then. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think that's it. Maniac, take us home. You, you, you. Well, hey, you're the as far as Ernie here. Green's concerned, he's not wrestling his budget with those WrestleMania tickets. <laughs> it's not wrestling with your thoughts. It's not wrestling with the hype of House of the Dragon tonight. It is, as far as AEW and wrestling, world wrestling entertainment are concerned, wrestling with emotion.